Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Thank you all for tuning in to Step Into Your Sunshine. This is Rachel Kudran, your host, the owner of Etsy Boutique Kudran's Curiosities and RC Copywriting. Today, I have a very special lady for you, and I would love for her to introduce herself. Well, hi, my name's Daniela Golotti. Um... I'm a mother of four children, but none of none of them live at home, so I'm basically alienated. Thank you for sharing with us. Do you also run your own business, Daniela? I do. I've got three businesses. Ooh, tell us about them. <laughs> Two, two are jewel, homemade jewellery, and the other one is diamond art. Okay, thank you. So let us know, how did you get into creating jewellery? Oh, <laughs> in 2013. <laughs> 2013, you started making jewellery. Why? Started, I started making um, uh, friendship bracelets with Fred. So that was while I was doing protesting against child abuse. Okay. And I used to sell them at the rally. Oh, very nice. And so, and and at the conferences, which they did. All right. And the diamond dart. How did you get into that? In twenty twenty during lockdown. You just picked one up and said, hey, I'll give this a go. Yeah, basically. I wanted something different to do. Yeah, and then you fell in love with it, right? Yeah, kind of, yeah. And I thought it was very therapeutic as well. Yes, yeah. For me, when I'm doing it, I find that it gives me space for my mind to process other things. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you feel the same? I can sit down and listen to music and do it. Ah, very nice. <laughs> Which yeah. <is> good. <laughs> that, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand what you're saying. And so it's sometimes when I'm doing something, I listen to music. Other times I'm just sitting in silence. It kind of depends on how many things are going through my mind or what mood I'm in. Do you find always, that to be the same for you? I don't know. I always found when I was little and if I did homework, I'd do, I'd do music and homework. It would make me work work a lot quicker. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it kept you focused. You didn't get distracted if you had no. music in the background. Yeah. I remember when I was younger, in, in my teenage years, and I always had music on all the time. It was headphones. It was like music in my room, music in the car. It didn't matter. And one day, I think my dad was just feeling real frustrated. And he came into the room and he was like, if you put in as much work into your schoolwork as you do learning all these songs, you would just be a genius. <laughs> and... and I, I just thought that was interesting because I was like, I don't even put any work into knowing these songs. They're just catchy. They just uh, fall into my brain. Yep. <laughs> exactly. So, Danielle, I would like to ask you, what were some of the defining moments in your life that shaped who you are? 
trying to think. Can we come back to that question or not? Because I really don't, I don't understand it. Okay, so let, let's break it. Let's pick it out. Let's pick it out and uh, sort out. So for me, when I think of this question, we're memories that you look back on and say, you know, that changed my life, whether it was for the positive or for the negative, it was moments where your life was changed after that experience or after having um, an exchange with your parents or after um, a relationship or during a relationship or after a traumatic experience or after a really positive situation. It can go either way, but it's just those moments where when you look back on your life, you're like, yes, this is something that changed the course of my life or my mindset uh, or the way I parented or the decisions I made as an adult. Okay. Um, since since I've been um, not with not with the children since 2000 nine yeah since 2009 a lot of things have changed everything has changed since 2009 and um, you mentioned not being with your children would you yeah. like to go end up what does that mean and um, that you weren't with your children what happened um social services basically got involved and they evicted me from the family home, which was with my wow. three kids, three children, and then and the husband and his sister and uh, another cousin. And wow. we, had, we had two dogs then as well. Oh, my goodness. And so would I be right in categorizing that as parental alienation? Well, it wasn't that then. This okay. Then, the alienation came later. Would you like to talk about that experience of going from eviction <laughs> to I don't I can, but I'm not I'm not very good at, I won't be very good at it because parental alienation is a hard subject. <laughs> Yes. Um, for those of you, uh, for me, I have a cousin who is experiencing currently parental alienation, and he has been experiencing it, I believe, for the last four to five years. And so I, I do have a little bit of insight of what that is like. I, he's very active on social media. And so, and that helps me understand what he's going through, what is happening, how did it happen? Um, and I think we can just start there is yeah. for all of our listeners going uh, listeners tuning in is there may be many of us that have never heard of parental alienation they don't know what it is so we'll just start at the very first step okay. what is parental alienation it's uh where the parents either mom dad or grandparents it affects everybody in the family 
even brothers and sisters and I don't know, everybody basically. Because okay. the, depending on who the child lives with, like if they live with the dad, uh, letting them see the other parent or the grandparents, encourage, encouraging, that's it. Mm-hmm. And he's turning them against them. It doesn't, it, that's partly it. And in the end, they end up, the child ends up blaming themselves for what's happening. Wow. Yeah. So let me see if I get this correct. Is parental alienation is really the definition of those two words. It's where the one parent is alienated completely from the life of their child. Is yes. this correct? Child. Uh, or primarily alienated, that most of the time they're not allowed to see them. Yeah, they're not allowed to see them at all. And they might okay. not even get any any kind of contact, which is not, not nice at all. Right. And is this something that was implemented by social services? It can, it can be. And it can, can be. It can also be implemented by the family courts. Oh, fine. Oh, fine. the family courts. Okay. Yeah, if they get involved. Okay, and I want to talk talk to all of our listeners. Has anybody experienced this themselves? Does anybody else um, find themselves in a parental alienation experience, or are they being? Uh, are you being alienated from your children? Uh, if you're a grandparent, are you yeah. experiencing alienation? And Dani- Daniela, you mentioned that and what yeah. you had just said is, does your parents get to see your children? No, not for a very long time. Now. At least wow. since 2017, I believe my dad was the last time he saw those. My goodness, that must be so hard on the family as a whole. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, one thing that you said that I want and to. My mom, it was 2016. It was the year before. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And one thing that I wanted to touch on that you had said was that the child blames themselves. Yeah. Is this something you've experienced? Uh, Not at the moment, no, because they haven't actually said, uh, they haven't, I don't think so. But in, in a book I have read it, they actually blame themselves. Oh wow! Yes. Do you know the Do you know the title of this book? Yep. Okay. Would you like to share it with all our listeners if they yes. may need it in their future or they need it right now? They might do, yeah. And you can also buy it on Amazon, but the lady is only in America. Okay. And she's she, an American author. She's not an author, actually. She's um. Just let me tell you, I'm going to 
So go to Google, I can tell you who she is. <laughs> okay. Well, while you're doing that, um, I want to talk to the listeners. Is, the name, this is I can a tell very... you the name, the name of the book as well. Okay, thank you. Um, for our listeners, this is a very, very vulnerable topic and something that's very always on the heart of Daniela and on others that have experienced parental alienation. It's always just right under the surface and it's very hard. And I would love for all of you, if you had resources or encouragement to give Daniela or other parents that are experiencing this, I would love for you to share that with us and share how others could also get help or resources. Daniela, were you able yeah. to find yeah, the information? Yeah, I, can find, I found her. Her name, the, the name of the lady is Linda Gottlieb and she's okay. a parental alienation reunify Person. She reunify. She reunites children with alienated parents. Okay, so she, she's an expert. She can, in the... she can get involved in court cases, and she has a book as well. Wow! Called um, Parental Alienation Syndrome. Okay, I've already, uh, I've, I've read it as well. Okay, there you go. <laughs> and, uh, I also, and I met her. Oh, wow. I bet that was quite an experience. Yes, it was. It was a few years back. I, I went to um, uh, an a parental alienation conference in London. It was two days. Two, day, two days? Yeah, two days. Um, about four years ago, five years ago now. Uh, yeah, so we met there and um, I also met a few other people as well. <laughs> wow. Yes. And so I, I think that's incredible that you are currently and have been um, experiencing something incredibly difficult. And yet uh, you talk about rallies, you talk about conferences, um, and I would love to know more about that is how did you get involved in those and what what is the purpose of being involved in those purpose is just I, I went just to see what they were all about <laughs> first of all and I also got invited that's why and uh, by um uh, a few friends of mine back then, which are still friends, <laughs> and uh, that's why I, I just thought, well, yeah, go along, see what's going on, see what see what they're all about, and stuff like that. Carried on going for a, a long time then after wow. the first one in two thousand and ten. Wow, <laughs> and so you've attended several now, and I can. I can see you when you're talking. You have a big grin on your face. And so they must be very happy memories associated with these conferences, these rallies, where you really found people that could relate to you, had been through your same experiences, and um, became your community. Yeah, there was quite a few. Yeah. Yep. 
I think that's incredible <laughs> that when when people experience very traumatic events in their life, when they reach out to others and and say, I need help, or I've been through this, it allows a community to be built. And then you guys feel so inseparable. You feel yeah. like, I if you can do it, then I can do it. And on days that I can't, then I have you to remind me that I can. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so there was quite a lot of people which are still friends of mine now who went there as well. <laughs> wow and I know of a statistic only because of my cousin um, and obviously he's male so he's the father figure that's alienated and something that really hurt my heart when I read it was the fact that um, I'm not uncertain about the percentage for women but for men and the rate of suicide was incredibly high for alienated parents or alienated fathers. Do you know anything about this or have any thoughts about this? Oh, uh, I don't know the um, percentage of fathers who have who do suicide, but I know it's quite a lot. Yeah. And I know when I was in a group not so long ago uh, called Dads Against Double Standards, there was always a parent in there, a, a father figure in there who would want the easy way out. Wow. Yeah. And so <laughs> people that you were in there that had... A, a committed suicide or people that had attempted or above both wow yes yeah. I I can feel myself having like shivers down my arms because <laughs> it's it's a really difficult topic and people don't understand that it it's something that stays with you forever. Like your child is with you forever. You brought the child into the world. They own your heart instantaneously when they're born. And, and when they're taken from you, as I've learned, is it's devastating. It feels like your heart was taken with them and it remains there. And there's very little that you can do to recover and continue and to move on yeah yet I feel that Daniela you coming on this podcast and sharing your story allows others to hear your story and to hear the pain and the trauma that you've been through and they can see themselves in you and that because you're becoming you're using all of that pain to become a beacon of hope for others, that helps your pain lessen just a little bit because you know that you're helping others continue yeah. on. There's also another lady who I met at the conference as well. The same conference I met Linda. Her name's Karen Woodall. She's actually an author. <laughs> she also has a book as well 
Wow, about also, parental alienation? Yeah, she's also a psychotherapist. Okay. And a writer and a tra trainer research researcher. And she also does, she deals with children's wow. misrepresenting harm of children in divorce and separation, responding to the response like that. Responding to the report on the trauma, she, she represents that side as well. She deals with it. I met her as well. Lovely oh, my goodness. Guys. And her husband, lovely people. Wow. Yes. Such. I think they're in the Isle. I think they're in the Isle of Wight. I'm not quite sure. Wow. And next, I would like to ask you: Is how do you stay motivated and inspired in your life and in your work? Because I can feel your emotions. I know that this is wasn't a very difficult, heart-wrenching experience for you, yet you're still here. You're still with us and you're still sharing your story and still advocating for those parents that have been alienated. So I want to know, how do you stay motivated and inspired every day? How do I stay motivated? I've got five cats to look after. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it's very true. I have five cats. They the need you. They yeah. need you. And they expect to be fed and petted and played with and entertained. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, but on a more serious note, it's like when you do have an animal, it gives you that sense of responsibility. Like you have yeah. to be there. Who's going to take care of my animal? Um, who's going to feed them? Oh, I need to go home because... They need to be like, if you have a dog, they need to go out or, um, you know, they'll tear up the whole house if you have a cat and leave them alone for too long. And in um, other animals, they need to get out or move yeah. around or stuff like that. And so it does implicate a sense of responsibility and a reciprocity of love between animals and humans. When okay. I'm when I'm with my dog, um, for me, she's not a certified um, animal where, uh, like emotional animal, but I feel that had she gone through the training, she would have been. And for me, it, like when my life goes, plunges into chaos, then almost more than anyone besides my husband and my daughter is I want my dog. I want her next to me. I want to feel her. I want to feel her energy. And so I really think that those relationships between animals and humans can be really healing and inspiring. She wants to say hello. Oh, she's brought one of her kitties onto the podcast. So who is this? She's called Sissy. Oh, very nice. It's a black and white one. Very cute. Very nice. And he's nearly 11 years old. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and he weighs about seven. And beautiful seven, green eyes. Seven kilos. So he's really heavy. Seven kilos. 
There you are. <laughs> Do you guys, our listeners, are you cat people? Do you have cats running around? Do you have dogs? Do you have other types of animals, gerbils, hamsters, turtles? What do you have? Uh, I would love to hear from you about the type of animals you have. How do they play in your emotional health and your mental health and healing from uh, traumatic experiences or on days that you really feel like you have nothing else to give? How does your animal pick you back up? <laughs> He's, he's gone sitting down now. <laughs> there you are. <laughs> and so your cats keep you motivated. They yep. tell you, hey, you have something to do and a reason to be here and places to go. And the other the other thing is, uh, oh, obviously, I have lots of housework to do. So that keeps me motivated. <laughs> yes. Um, and uh, and the businesses as well. And the businesses as well. That's good. I, for me, this is an interesting little topic of what you just said. And I can really relate to it because when I first started my business, it was sort of on a whim. I was at an antique mall and I saw crystals for the very first time. I was in my early 20s. I, I know. I don't know where I was before then and how I missed all the crystals of the world, but I did. And so I saw them, I immediately thought they be could become jewelry and that's how it was launched. I didn't know anything about jewelry and I just went full steam ahead. But when I moved to France from the US and I was pregnant and I had my daughter six months later and then a year onto that, I had given up my businesses completely because I didn't know how they could be moved to France. I didn't, I wasn't registered in France. I didn't know how to do any of that. And I was really focused on being a mother. And I remember thinking like, that I had completely lost myself and I had no motivation to do anything. I was actually going through a depressive state um, because I, I was very isolated and mm. I don't want to say the same kind of isolation that you've experienced, but for me, I, when I moved to France, I had only my husband and his family. I didn't have any friends. I didn't speak the language. I didn't know anyone. We lived in the country. There was nobody around me. And then when I would go to appointments, it was like the doctors would only talk to my husband. I felt like a third person in my own pregnancy. And when afterwards and I had gone through a very very depressive state when you said that you have your businesses to, to help keep you motivated actually starting my business uh, back again I relaunched my business um, when my daughter was a year old in 2020 and it gave me my purpose again like I was a, it allowed me to feel passionate again and remember who I was as a person like oh this is me again this is actually what I like. This is what I love. And that helped that mentality helped me move out of and recover from my depression. Mm. And do you feel like your businesses do that for you? Uh, I don't know if I've ever had any kind of depression at all. Mm. Touch wood, I haven't yet. Yeah. <laughs> Um, 
but yeah, my businesses just make me feel focused. At least I can, you know, I can still do things for other for other ladies and girls. <laughs> yes. And some men. There is some men's jewelry. <laughs> right. Yes. It gives Not you a, a purpose. Not a lot, but you know, some men they like to wear jewelry. Not much. <laughs> yes. So it gives you purpose. It also allows you to tap into one of your passions, right? Yeah. You enjoy making the jewelry. You enjoy uh, doing the diamond art. Yeah, it's also, it was also a hobby. So, and I was like, uh, it's not gonna. At the time, I didn't think it would, you know, still bid with, still be with me in twenty twenty three. Yes. So I have another question for you here is during the last decade or so or more that you've experienced parental alienation, have you had a support system around you? Um, Yes, I did. And how, how do you think that changed your story? for say per se if you didn't have a support system um if i didn't have um the support i had back then i don't think i would have got for it wow and so a situation like this is supports everything from your friends or your family or your colleagues. Would you agree with that? Yeah. And? And my, um, what you call it, my church at the time. Okay, they played a major role as well. Yep. Wow. And? And, if- and also my, well, he was not my fiance then. He was my lawyer. <laughs> wow. So yeah. they have all came together to support you and to be a support system for you and um, throughout the years and and currently. Yeah, he was actually uh, an advocate in, in the court case as well. Wow. So has he had the same experiences as you? And do you find that that helps both of you? Because you guys understand, you understand the hardships, you understand the struggles. Yeah, yeah. And I find that this is a really important topic because sometimes people feel uncomfortable talking about it or they feel uncomfortable asking about it. Like if you know a person that has been alienated from their children. They don't know if they're being too forward by asking about it or asking about you. And so their response is to just not ask at all because they don't want to you know, step on any toes. And my question to you is what would you prefer? Would you prefer to be asked about these experiences or would you prefer 
uh, for people not to ask you additional questions. Mm, I don't mind. <laughs> you don't mind? No, because I can eat, I can talk about it. Yes, you can talk about it. Okay, so you're open. You're yeah. open to being a resource. And yeah, and I mean, if they want a store, yeah, yeah. I'm open to it because I find it easy for me to talk to people. So I, I, I don't have that problem. <laughs> well, that's good. You might need tissues, but that's about it. Right. But that, that's how true, strong relationships are built, is having a very honest foundation where we where people really get to know you. And then together, you guys build on top of that foundation. And then you have a very beautiful friendship because you chose to come together and be honest and share those very vulnerable experiences. Yeah. For you, was this something that you saw coming, or was it were you completely blindsided by the experience? Um, I didn't see it coming. No, I was told. You were told. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah. Wow. By um, a very good friend of mine. She also lives in Nottingham. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. She was she was she's been her name is Anna Marie Hope Cope. She's mm -hmm. been uh, she's been with me through this situation from the beginning. Wow. What an incredible friendship. And she was she's also my partner's school friend best friend they went to the same school oh wow yeah oh my goodness she was she and him yeah that's that's a full circle story where every I remember being told that um when you find your person in life, or, you know, the love of your life or the person you want to be with, it's always within, my mom would always tell me, seven degrees of somebody you know knows who you're going to marry or who you want, <laughs> who you're going to be staying with. And so that's pretty incredible that yep. she had been with you and she knew him as well. Did he, yep. did you, did she introduce you guys? Uh, kind of, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So that you was... fall within the rule of the seven people, <laughs> of the seven degrees. Yeah, and... that was back in 2010 when I met her. Wow. And it rings true for me as well, is that um, at my university, there was a, a people that came and studied from France. And there was a guy named Nicholas. And we were never a thing. Yet um, the next semester when my husband came to study at my university is he actually knew Nicholas uh, before I did and then I knew Nicholas separately but we both knew him and it was a wild ride you know that's somebody from yeah. me being American and him being French still within seven people they knew our person that's 
that's I think that's a little special story there. But she, the Anna Marie was also a is also a mother who was going through that situation as well. But she wow. was she wasn't alienated. She was um, fighting for her two children at the time as well. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And I have a question for you. If you have any statistics off of the top of your head or that you can remember from attending all these rallies and all these conferences and advocating um, for to end parental alienation, can you share any statistics with us about men or women or percentage or how it works in the UK or um or who? <laughs> I wish it would check. I wish that would change. But for some unknown reason, it will not change in our generation. Hmm. It might okay. change. Later. Wow. Yes. And so for you, based on your experiences, do you think that men and women have the same percentage of likelihood to be alienated? Or do you think men are more likely or women are more likely or it just depends? I don't know. I think, I think, I don't, I don't really know. You're not really sure. Okay. And <laughs> so for all our listeners, we'll have to look that up that are men or women more likely to be alienated? Now, I will say this is not a, an experience I have personally had, um, but being raised in Oklahoma, it is what the U.S. refers to as the Bible Belt of the region. And what that means is that it is a conservative part of the U.S. And very, very often that I have heard and all you listeners out there that know better than me, please correct me if I'm wrong. But I have heard that women get the majority of the rights and call most of the shots in, a, in Oklahoma courts. Mm, I, don't, I don't know about that. I'm not sure. And <laughs> so the percentage of men that are alienated are much higher in Oklahoma than in um than men or excuse me men the men that are alienated is much is a much higher percentage than the women and so if you know anything about this listeners I would love to hear statistics from your area if you have any personal experience with this I would love for you to reach out to me or Daniela and share your experiences because together when we share our experiences and we own all of our experiences in our life and we step into the sunshine and we become a beacon of hope for others, then that is when we can build a community and inspire, uplift, and empower others. Okay, to finish up, Daniela, what advice would you give to someone who is experiencing the same thing as you? Uh, find groups on Facebook. <laughs> find a community, find support. And do you have any recommendations where they should go? Um, yeah, uh, well, 
there isn't many like uh, places where they can go now, but there was a lot of support groups. In fact, I used to run a few. Wow! Before so, my last, before my last profile got hacked on Facebook. Okay, <laughs> so you have um, parental alienation. Do we just look that up on Facebook to be able to find the groups? Uh, you can look up things like um, forced ado forced adoption. That's another one of the group. Uh, okay, categories, which means. If your child is adopted, adopted, which one mm -hmm. of my children was, and the social services can do that behind your back. So wow. Yeah. Okay. They can organise a family behind behind your back. Okay. Well, thank you for sharing the, that with me and with our listeners. I would like to. Thank you and congratulate you today. Thank you so much for uh, hopping on to this podcast and being extremely vulnerable, sharing your story with me and all of our listeners. And I would like to also congratulate you because I know that this was a big step for you. And I think that you were absolutely incredible and I have enjoyed every second. And I know so many people that are going to tune in and they're going to learn a lot from this episode and they will build a much better understanding around the situation. And hopefully in the future, they'll know how to support and impact others shall they find themselves in this situation or others that they love. For all of our listeners, remember that episodes go out every Monday and Thursday, 8 p.m. UK time, at UTC time, 7 p.m. UK time, and 1 p.m. US Central Standard Time. I can't wait to talk to you soon. <laughs>